All right, guys, thanks for rejoining us on Unclean and Mostly Sober. This is episode four, which is going to be the first of a two-part interview with an old family friend named Larry Pesiak. Uh, Larry is a recovering addict who has completely flipped his life around and is now wrapping up his master's and works as a drug counselor. And he's got some great stories. So we just want to thank Larry for coming on and educating us a little bit and entertaining us with some of his stories. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks. Welcome to Unclean and Mostly Sober, a family podcast that lacks that family-friendly feeling from a family that's lived it, where we delve into the world of addiction from the point of view of both the addicts and the loved ones they've affected. Come listen to some stories from the street filled with drug use, debauchery, and the preposterous lives of addicts. We hope to entertain you with these stories, and we hope to educate ourselves, and who knows, maybe even you along the way. We make no promises to be socially responsible, politically correct, or sensitive to your views or feelings. But if by some chance we help someone in even the most insignificant of ways, it may just be the best thing we've ever done with our lives. So shut the hell up. Let us feel good about ourselves, damn it. All right, so we're back with another episode of Unclean and Mostly Sober. And we've got an old friend of the family with us named Larry Pesiak. Grew up with mainly our brother, Stephen. Um, but he's we really here with all of us. Yeah, yeah. Knows the whole family. Um, this is a bit of a reunion for us, actually. Most of us haven't seen Larry in at least a decade. Probably um, close to some a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, old Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, so Larry's going to, you know, Larry's got a lot of, history with with steven back in uh back in the day where i'm sure they both battled addiction together and probably back in the neighborhood yeah got well, in a lot we, of trouble but well we met in rockford center so that tells you one Did thing you really <laughs> yeah, i didn't that's, know, that. I know that's that. where we met yeah which yeah, so, is a rehab or counseling a mental center. hospital yeah. 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 yeah i don't know many people that haven't been in rockford yeah to be honest well, yeah, I, I mean, I haven't, but a lot of our friends, most though. of our closest friends, have yeah. yeah. Well, that's where everybody in the neighborhood. That's where the parents sent their kids. So they get a little vacation. Well, for a the couple problem weeks. is that place is an absolute joke. It was summer camp for our family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was summer camp for my parents. They were like, "Okay, yeah, here you go. go. All right, Larry. <laughs> we don't have to deal with him." Uh-huh. But um, stop. But Larry has completely turned his life around, from what I've heard. Uh, so I know. You have your master's now in, in what? Well, I have I I don't officially have my master's degree. I'm done all the coursework and I have to do an internship and that's it. And then okay. I, then I get my master's. So like I'll have that sometime this year. Okay, and what, what is it specifically in? It's in addiction studies. Awesome. You know, so uh, you know, I went when I got sober, I uh went back and I got um a degree in drug and alcohol counseling. I got a degree in human services and then I continued on and I got a degree in behavioral science. And now, like I said, like this, this degree is going to be an addiction study. So yeah, it's been, I've been going to school for, I guess the past like nine years. <laughs> great. So that's o- awesome. I can't Oprah's wait. got her over. Dr. Phil. You're going to be our Dr. Larry. Yeah, I can be. That'd be great, <laughs> man. That's why this guy's like the perfect guest. And thing, you know, he's got all this history with our family, and he can speak on the professional side of this as well. So, and he's got history of his own with addiction. Exactly. Yeah. And considering one of the main focuses of this podcast is to educate ourselves, we could just have him teach us on a weekly basis. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um. So, so how how many years clean do you have now? All right. Um. So I. God willing, you know, on April, um, my clean date's April 6, 2009. So, you know, I play my cards right, I'll have 10 years. Awesome. Congratulations. So, yeah. So, like, that's something that has completely changed my life. Like, it's, it's, it's really awesome. I live a really, really great life now. What was the last? It's good to hear. What was the last battle you had? Was it alcohol, drugs? What? It was like it was everything okay. at the end. It was pretty. It was a pretty dark place. So it was you know alcohol, you know cocaine, dope. You know it didn't matter. A little bit of everything. But you know, luckily, I'm an awesome alcoholic. 
and my alcohol <laughs> my alcoholism trumped every other drug so that it, so, I, that was my next question so that was always your drug of choice yeah so like you know everything else was pretty much just like you know uh enhancement for alcohol mm-hmm. use you know like i would smoke weed every day and then i'm like okay now i'm tired i need to wake up so i could drink more and you know now time for some coke now yeah now i'm too amped i need to come down and so it's pills or you know whatever i could find you know which at the end was you know heroin but mm. Through most of it, were you functioning? Did you work through most of it, or were you, you know, a teetotaler and just out? I mean, once you started, you were gone. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I there's a whole bunch of dysfunction. It was always dysfunctional, but um, like a good addict, you know, I was able to 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 find jobs and you know. Like, cause I needed to get high, you know, regardless. Right. So, and to support it you know, so, you know, a lot of people, you know, I wasn't about like the, you know, like grab a sign and go on the street. I, was, I guess I have a, my egos too, like big for that. Pride. So, you know, I, I, I got learned to be really manipulative and I got learned to be, you know, like I have a gift for gab too. So, you know, I can, you know, which is good for a podcast. I yeah. guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So you can bullshit your way into jobs. Into jobs. Yeah. I mean, at, like, it's funny at the end. I remember going in for a job interview and I told the guys, like, I drink every single night and, you know, I work hard. I, I play hard. And the guy, like, like he, he hired me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, great. And then, and then when he was yelling at me about it, I was like, I told you so. <laughs> I already told you that. I warned you. <laughs> I'm sorry this job's at night. I've told you I want to do it at night. <laughs> I told you that mornings aren't good for me. <laughs> so, and I might be drunk. So when you and Steven hung out back in the day, I mean, I know it was a long time, but what, you know, what kind of stuff would you guys typically do together? Oh, wow. So I guess we should have some backstory on that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was uncontrollable as a kid. So, like, I was getting all kinds of troubles. Hence fights, the Rockford. All that kind of stuff. So, I got sent and that's when you know i met steven and uh and uh you know like i don't know steven's just wild and crazy man i I don't i don't know there's just something about him you know his stories and stuff like that and 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 he also has the gift of gab he always had had a way of drawing people in he always draws people in yeah, he has a different gift, but yeah, but <laughs> for sure, we'll let him tell that story. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so you know, like we were, you know, we were two like lost souls, really. You know, we're kind of just, you know, and we really instantly uh, like we're magnets for each other. Mm. Um, you guys were like matching powder keg. It's like you guys got <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not really, not you know. I mean, sort of. Maybe like a little. Steve, Steve wasn't a part of, you know, Steve wasn't a part of any of my, like, really dark, dark stuff, you know? Like, okay. he was already out of the picture. And it's kind of funny, too, because, like, you know, he kind of, like, dissed me. He was just kind of like, man, Larry's too much. <laughs> Which is kind that's of crazy. Uh, you, yeah. yeah. I say, once you meet Steven, you'll understand that's a... Yeah, like he was kind of like, yo, you can't hang out here anymore. (laughs) And I was like, oh, wow, really? I like, you know, this is the guy that went out in the street and pulled him off the street and, you know, and all that stuff. And and then he's telling me, like, you're too bad. But, you know. Were you you around when, I I know you were around, but I don't know how close you and Stephen were when he was living under the bridge. Yeah, I, I, I actually went under the bridge and I grabbed him. And I put him in my car, and I took him. I don't know where we went. But did we? Did I take him to my house? He lived with me for a while too. Um, I think I actually remember when he lived with you. Remember in yeah. Hollyoke or whatever. He had something yeah. to do with Angie at that time, didn't he? That was towards the end. I think. Yeah, it was towards the end of that whole era. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Under but Justin yeah, I don't know. If, like, cause I don't know. He like I think he ended up going to some rehab. And like staying for a week and then leaving and, you know, and then he came and he stayed with me for a while. And, you know, through his gift to Gab, you know, he, he, he got out of that situation. So, yeah, that was pretty volatile. 
but you, it, know. you know what it, it's it was good it, it, like i i think about all that stuff because i don't hold any <clears throat> resentment because i understand you know because like things got really really dark and he you know after that and he probably he he didn't want to come go to the places where i went you know like, yeah you were bad at the time when he moved into you were you married or uh, certain, I was, it was a serious relationship. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I had, I kind of shared stuff with you guys too. You know, with the, you know, the broken marriage and the infidelity, and you know, and that was really like, if I could classify my addiction, it's that, that's, you know, it really didn't really take off, probably until that time. You know, that's when it got like real bad. Like I just gave up pretty much i was just so like, is that like know? mid 90s yeah it was the and and it was like maybe 99 you know 99 2000 yeah about two yeah about 2000 new new uh yeah so you went you went really bad for about nine ten years then i went bad for uh, yeah i mean i went hard for at least that, yeah. At least about nine nine years. Do you ever sit back and think? It's a long time. Yeah. Do you ever sit back and think, how the hell am I still alive? Man, you know what? I I wake up and sometimes I have to pinch myself. You know, like my life is just good now. We like, were talking about that last week with, uh, or whenever we were on with our sister Kelly, um, how we're all completely amazed that she's still alive. Yeah, no, and Kel, you know, you know, like Kel went through it too. Yeah, she absolutely went through it, you know, and it's so good to see that she's, you know, you know, doing well too. But yeah, like that's about the time where, when things just started really kind of, you know, going, going straight downhill. Yeah. Because I would be able to control it. Like I could bring it back. Like if I got like... You know, my drinking was at the point, I guess, at, at you know, leading up to that before, you know, because I got married and, you know, Christian was born and um, that's my son. He's he's 20. He's 21 now. Wow. And he's going to be 22, actually. Wow. Next Man. next next month. And but um, yeah. So, you know, I was able to pull back like I could drink every night, you know, and it was like maybe like six or seven beers. I'd smoke some weed. You know, it wasn't anything. But if like. So for those nine, ten years, it wasn't straight hardcore. Like what, the whole after time. after the the like I said, after that event, after, you know, my my when my marriage fell apart, you know, where, you know, because I like. I basically like almost walked in on my ex-wife and another man and I, and I, I, and you know how infidelity feels, Yeah, you know, that we do, but just that actual, like that just made it so much worse, man. Like it like totally shattered. And you, do you carry that anger around with you too? When, um, I, I, I did I for did. that 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 whole time, yeah, definitely. I mean, it shattered my whole my whole ego, man, my whole psyche, man. It just totally, yeah, it, like I I like it was pretty bad. So, you know, and that just escalated. So, not only, you know, was I using alcohol and drugs to cope with you know these feelings, I was also like just like I didn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. So that's like a horrible combination. So um, you've mentioned a couple of times your uh, your real dark times. Is there anything specific that stands out to you that like when you think of your dark times that makes that time worse than any others? Well, I mean, obviously the the, yeah, state, well, the affair is a big part of that. I would imagine. Well, yeah. I mean, because eventually, you know what I, you know, at the end you know, like what I was doing is trying to heal from that, you know, like that really like tore me apart. And what I just did was just, you know, like cover up with drugs, cover up with alcohol. And, and, you know, you get dependent. If you do something every day, you get dependent on it. And Mm -hmm. then it came to a point where it was like no longer a decision anymore. Like I had it. I had to get normal every day, you know, and, and, you know, we, you know, I, I never, you know, we hear so much stuff about like dope and crack and 
all these horrible things. But we don't really hear too much about alcohol because, you know, alcohol is something that some people can do, you know, normally. But, you know, like an alcoholic man has it hard, you know, alcoholism or alcohol. Like it's like the second leading cause of preventable death in, in America is alcohol related stuff. You know, and we're, we're behind talking, what obesity? Be, yeah, behind you know health like yeah. diabetes and cancer and, and, and that kind of the stuff. Cancer is not necessarily preventable. Some cases it's not. So, we're, yeah, it's preventable <laughs> stuff. Gotcha. But um, yeah, but so we're we're talking about we have an opiate crisis, but then we have like this alcohol like like that that like nobody wants to talk about. I, right, <laughs> not you're right. Not a lot of people do touch on alcoholism. I feel like it's always about the opioids and. I find it odd how we change our, as a nation, we change our view based on what is popular. I, and I don't, I'm not using that as, yeah, as a good up. word, but <laughs> things, you know, I mean, it, it goes from, and I was just having this conversation the other night. It goes from uh, things like uh, gun violence right. uh, and, they, and, and no one ever focuses on all right, what is actually causing. Right, right, right. What is hurting our nation worth? Opioids alcoholism all these things are much worse than these other little tiny well, they're little just they're just symptoms flights. of what's really wrong right and, exactly. meanwhile they still haven't federally legalized marijuana but you can go and buy alcohol i mean no one's no one's dying of overdose from marijuana but you know there's like you said there's alcohol is the second leading right. but there's, not, there's probably a lot of people just sitting on the couch doing nothing though. oh i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure marijuana is leading to those obesity diseases right yeah. right right let's get real yeah i mean that's better than the drunk assholes out sure i guess you know, so causing all kinds of ruckus but um yeah so you know like that's what i'm saying so alcoholism is really really dark and and it's and it's lonely too because people leave you nobody puts up with that i mean alcohol like you just like you lose friends you lose family you you lose you know yourself yeah i mean like it it, it like that's what i mean by dark you know like you know i guess you know we were blue, blue collar you know like we grew up blue collar you know and you know i i I can say that, you know, there's periods in my times where, you know, that's when I was, you know, when I was addicted, you know, some of that fuel was the way I grew up and all this stuff. But, you know, I had it pretty good, really. You know, yeah, that was a question I had for you, actually, was I don't all I really know of you is just what I saw. You know, I was young when you hung around our family. Kevin and I were little kids, and I, yeah. I remember we always kind of idolized you because <laughs> really, that did, was man. We, you, you're in we some were, of my oldest memories. Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously. Well, because that was back when we were skateboarding and yeah. you know, riding bikes and trying to do these tricks, and we were never any good. And you'd come over and just show us something. We're like, that's <laughs> Dude, I'm a bitch. Awesome. I'm never going to be that good at anything. <laughs> See, I always thought he was an asshole because he'd come in and wake me up by wrestling me. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's, that's funny because that's one of my oldest memories. Every time yeah. this dude would come there, he'd always, as soon as he walked in the door, he would just like lift me yeah. up in the air and just like start twirling me around and shit <laughs> while singing the Iron Man song. <laughs> I still remember, you, I guarantee you don't remember this shit because you were probably high as hell. But you used to walk in, like I said, just pick me up, like twirl me around every damn time. And instead of Iron Man, you used to sing this song called like Trash Can Man or some shit. <laughs> I have no like, idea. Man, that dude is nuts. <laughs> I have no but, idea. But yeah, so that I mean, you know, those are the memories we right, have, We don't know I don't, where yeah, I don't know much about right. your that, family and, coming up. And you up know and, what? And that's the pretty much, you know, the the times that that you, that guy, it wasn't really that bad, you know? I mean, it was You're a bad. Teenager having it, a good time yeah, it was bad, and you know, I was kind of just wasting time. You know, it wasn't like I was doing anything in my life, but you know, it wasn't the dark, dark, dark times. You know, but, but but you didn't have a real bad like childhood growing up or anything that led you to. I, I mean, mean you grow up I had mom stuff. Yeah, I had stuff. You know, but I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't use it. You know, I don't blame. You know, I don't blame nobody anymore. Yeah. I just. You know, I accept responsibility for my own actions, and that's part of the reason why you know I'm doing good now. Is is that you know, like there's, believe me, there's a lot of people that had it worse than I did. So you know, like like I said, so you know, like I I did all these things, you know, and you know, I I bought a I bought a house at 
when I was like 21, you know, like I, you know, I had a, I had a family, you know, I, I, that was in Trolley Square, right? Well, we started out in Trolley Square, but I, I bought a house in, in Hollyoke and, oh, yeah. and, you know, like that thing foreclosed, like I lived in that thing till like the last day, man. that's how <laughs> bad, like that's, you know, like it just went straight down. It wasn't about like trying to save the house. It was like, how long can I stay here before <laughs> they take it away? Which is part of the addiction. And right. The Which is like, and- like most people, like a normal person would be like, oh my God, I have to do something about this. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. Take Riding it. it as long as you could. And some of it was depression too. So, you know, it, there was all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I have ADD and, you know, that's part of my story too, like the mental illness thing. And that's going to, you know, like later on in my recovery, you know, cause that was a long, you know, stretch, you know, like things didn't really kind of like all come together until I started working on my mental health too, right. because, you know, I was sober and, and crazy still for a long time. And then I was like, okay, I have to do something about this brain because mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the things that people don't think about enough in, in recovery is you gotta, you're, deal, you're, you gotta deal with your cognitive shit. ability or you know, your, your mental status, like, you know, how your brain works. And I feel like if people don't treat that, you're, they're kind of doomed to begin with. And I feel like there's right. a lot it's of, like the chicken or egg. I mean, you know, we don't, you know, in, you know, like, I guess professionally, um, you know, they say that it's like the chicken or egg because you don't know how bad somebody is right mentally until you take them off the meds and you see what happens to them. Right. And, and, and you don't know whether, you know, their addiction is, is a self-medication stuff, which is some, which some of mine was definitely, or, you know, you just need to, you know, do that. But, you know, then again, you have to, some people are saying you have to treat the addiction first because then you can see, you know, so it's, it's either way. But, you know, I, I think that that mental health is definitely like something that we uh, that that, you know, I, I, I'm in the, the the theory of thought that they should be they should be paralleled. You know, we, we should you should treat them alongside each other. Yeah. And that's you know, that's what I I, I say. And that's the reason for all that. your degrees and. Maybe, you know, because there's people that think that you should treat, you know, the mental health first and, you know, the, or you want to treat the, the addiction first, you know, but. So are you, are you more of the thinking, like you said that. Yeah. You, I think you should treat them co- like both at the same time. Yeah. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Thank you. I, I wanted to ask you a question. So you had said that, you know, it, I, I, I find. A lot, an issue with a lot of addicts is excuses. It comes down to excuses. And you said you don't, you know it was on you. Your recovery is on you. Do you look back and say, all right, this may have what, I may have used this as an excuse for my addiction to start. Well, is, is there something, you know, in your childhood, you know, a divorce sure. or whatever? Well let, me, well, let me just expand on on that whole situation because, you know, first of all, I, I'd like to just define addiction, you know, because we're talking about drugs and alcohol right now. We're not talking about food. We're not talking oh, about... Oh, we did talk about food, yeah, actually. So yeah, so you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I talk about addiction, it's broad you know it you know i include gambling you know there's all because you know what really sucks is i got every single one of those things like i am so Mm. i am so compulsive you know um so addictive personality so it's yeah they say that but no i just you know it's i guess it's the way my brain works part my mental illness maybe I, i i don't know but like yeah, do everything do in it. excess or no i think it's a matter of control and compulsion right yeah yeah so yeah 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 it's impulses and stuff add yeah. you know like which like, leads to you doing everything in excess <laughs> well, yeah, but. <laughs> but anyway but you know we think about that so so i think most addictions all addictions you know pretty much like uh start with um adverse childhood experiences right so something happened you know there's trauma you know there's trauma trauma is like really a great predictor of whether somebody's gonna um 
you know, become an addict. That's why like some people can drink and some people can't drink. Or maybe you know? be a little more susceptible to right addiction. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can be traumatic, you know, in the childhood. And, you know, for me, I had some traumatic things happen. Um, I also like one of the other things that was really kind of traumatic for me was the, you know, was the mental illness, you know, like, you know, being, you know, cause like, like I remember like going to a psychologist when I was like six years old, you know, <laughs> like it was like something was wrong with me. I knew it, you know, like mm -hmm. my whole life, like I knew something was wrong with me, you know, I had to take these pills and, and, you know, that's a real traumatic situation, you know, because yeah. now my sisters are calling me crazy, you know, <laughs> they, and then like the people in the neighborhood find out you're crazy. And, you yeah. know, I grew up this whole like, you know, and I think that's a lot of the reason why I was so like, do aggressive. You start acting on that. And right. now it's like, you know what? Fuck it. Right. They, they think I'm the right. crazy one. I think I'm going to be the fucking crazy one. Exactly. And I think that's what, you know, like some of the aggressiveness that I've had in my life was just because of that, you know, is you because know, I was like, okay, well, you know, you, I'm bad. I'll be bad, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, so, and, and speaking of trauma too, that's something I've kind of been learning recently. And it's, I think maybe it's hard for some people who've had some, really awful shit happened to them. People tend to judge trauma based on their own trauma, you know, and trauma is trauma. Yeah. yeah right. Trauma to someone you else. Could, yeah. May, you, could, you know, it you may could. not be a big deal to someone else, but it can be trauma to that person. And if it starts the addiction, it was obviously enough to, you know, to, to damage them in some way or form. And I, I think that's something that's hard for some people to look at when they're, they're kind of judging it from the outside. They don't understand it. Right. David, I was listening David, to I love your hand signals, by the way, <laughs> until we get a YouTube channel, nobody can see that. Am I, am I doing? Okay. Yeah. I married, I married an Italian woman. So yeah. I think it's, it's funny. He talks kids, with his hands. Yeah. My <laughs> kids just said something to me the other day. I was on the phone. I was doing a lot of the hand. Like, why you talk like that? I'm like, talk like what? Your hands are going all over the place. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I'm like I, talking I, with my hands. I completely broke from the question there. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. My hands yeah. will be in my pocket the rest of the episode now. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. See, I have ADD, weird. so now I just lost it all. <laughs> now, we were talking about trauma, right? Yeah. yeah. And you said something really kind of cool because trauma for me might be trauma for, you know, might not, not mean, be. yeah, it may not mean something for somebody else, you know? Might have just you been know, an easy passing by for somebody else. Yeah, because a lot of people are more resilient than others, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, there's a resiliency factor, too. Yeah, there's different triggers. Because, like, like, you know, if you ever see, like, you know, you see that, that video, YouTube video, you know, I love these things of, like, the guy who has no legs and he's, like, wrestling or something yeah, like yeah. that. And it's like, yo, like, there's no excuses. Like, right. you know, I'm saying about my poor little, you know, problems and this guy's overcoming all kinds of stuff. Exactly. So. You know, so it's, you know, it's a matter of resiliency. But anyway, so, you know, like, I think trauma is involved in probably all addiction. You know, I think there's there's something because, you know, like really if we look deeper into, you know, drug and alcohol abuse, it's not like we always call it the problem, right? But, you know, in my in my mind, I think it's the solution. It's just not a really good solution. <laughs> right. Because it's a solution for the person, you know? And, and really what it is, is a, it's a coping skill. It's like anything else, you know, it's a coping skill that is used over and over again and it becomes a habit and turns to dependency. Yeah. And then, and then it's dependency and then, you know, it becomes, you know, a part of a person's psyche. That's what me like for real, like, like, like that's what I define myself as, as an alcoholic. Like I was proud. I mean, I know, you know, because most people stayed away from me, you know, and you guys really didn't get to see me too, you know, in, in the really end stages. But I would I, I would drink at these horrible bars in Wilmington, right? <laughs> like 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 we're talking about old walnut room, you know, like like <laughs> like uh six oh. and, and Shipley and get kicked out. Oh, and have yes. and have and have people and have people <laughs> tell me, yo, man, you really need to get your life together. And these are like lifelong alcoholics, man. <laughs> Guys Jeez. with busted yellow yeah, teeth. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not easy. The guy that kicked you out was just shooting dope in the back. 
bathroom. You know, he's like, no, nah, yeah. you're too much, dude. Like, like, <laughs> you know, that's what, you know, like I remember I was just talking about this with a friend the other day. Like uh, I had a friend, uh, his, you know, his, his nickname was Jersey because he was from Jersey. And um, clever. There. And he, yeah. That was <laughs> and quite he, clever. Uh, and he, um, he, he shot dope. And like I always like he would always go and get periods of recovery and then come back. But I always knew that he was off when I would see him in the bar. And I'd be like, yo, dude, like, why don't you, like, just drink? And I was like, look, my life's awesome. He's like, your life sucks worse <laughs> than mine. <laughs> so Dopehead Jersey thinks your life sucks. Yeah. Like, he is complete shit, and he's looking at you like, dude, yeah. I'm just going to stick with the heroin. <laughs> yeah, which is a really kind of cool story because, like, later, you know, like, we found each other in recovery, too, and it was really kind of cool. It was nice. like, wow, like, you know, you're here, too? <laughs> Did you find him in Jersey? No, he's in Cali now, so I guess we call him Cali. <laughs> he's doing like big things. He's doing art, and yeah, like he he really got his life together too. So nice, it's real cool. Well, that's awesome. but yeah, stories I think, we want to hear too, man. But yeah, but you know, I think it's trauma, trauma, and 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 you know how we cope with problems. You know, like I think that's like really kind of you know, and that's why you know when we treat, you know, when I treat you know addiction you know i i like the you know doing it through like cognitive behavioral therapy that kind of stuff where you just kind of learn to change behaviors you mm -hmm. know like it's a it, there is a you know like we say it comes down to a choice you know at the end but it's not that simple you know it can't just that's why when you know people were telling me why don't you just stop Right, it's, you know, it's so and, simple. and somebody right. could, yeah, somebody probably possibly could, but you know, it's there's there's well, a first lot. I got to put myself through detox. The, yeah, but I there's don't have a lot, time to get off of work. To there's do a so lot or, of other you know factors that are involved yes. in that, but you know, like that's you know. So you know another thing, and look, since you are more educated on this shit than all of us put together. No, right. I um, think I am. <laughs> well, we think you are too. Oh, yeah, so my, I'm going to ask you head, this question. Don't get my head too big. So this was so. a question we had for Kelly, but this, I'm pretty sure she was the wrong person to ask since she has continued this cycle over and over again. But I feel like a big one is when somebody's clean for so long or even just a little while, uh, you know, you get clean, get a job, you know, maybe go out every weekend or every other weekend, whatever, staying sober, but then you fall into these habits that you just get bored. It's like, holy shit, yeah. I, I need something to do or else I'm just going to go get high because this right. life is boring as shit. So, you know, what? how do you touch on that? Like, how do you oh, beat man. You're just, just like, the mundane Muay Thai. Life? Yeah, yeah, you could do Muay Thai. <laughs> hey, but, I mean, seriously. But that's yeah, really part of, but no. You, I you feel touched, like that's a big one. You, you know, you really touched on a really important situation, you know, because, all right. So I am trying to get sober, you know, and you just took away my best friend. You took away my only hobby. You took, you know, like I had nothing, you know, that that's what, you know, I, you took away my identity. When you say your best friend, you're talking about the alcohol. Yeah. Or drugs or whatever. Yeah. I had a couple of friends, but <laughs> <laughs> Jersey, you're real popular. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey wasn't really, you know, he was just some guy I could get that I could talk to my friends with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because people were expendable at that point in time. I didn't really right. have relationships. I had, you know, people, I had what, what, what I could get out of you or, yeah. you know, that that kind of stuff. But um, you, you mentioned that, like, you know, so all this stuff is taken away from me and now I'm left with nothing, you know. So, you know there's there's aa and there's na and and you know the 12 step programs and they work good they work good i got sober through the 12 steps of so we've heard aa is by far superior over like uh, NA. i heard like I, na is kind of bullshit I, no i don't know i don't know i think there think are, AA i think is, aa could be yeah, aa, I, AA I could be a little bullshit too you know this okay. is this is why i said AA and NA are, are good tools to use, you know, and the, the reason why that they're, they're good tools is because they're like kind of like a one-stop shop for people because you, what do you I need? I feel like sponsors because be a what, big deal too, though. You it, need it that is. person you can call on. Yeah, but, you know, what you need is, is support, right? Right. And you need, you know, uh, 
sober support, you know, you need something to do with your time, right? So you need recreational activities and usually you can meet nice people and and you can find things to do. They do a whole bunch of stuff in the in the twelve step rooms. And you need to stay away from like old people, places and things, you know, and and, you know, pretty much that's, you know, everything in a nutshell in recovery. You know, you you, you get them factors in your life, you know, you, you should be on the right track. You know, you stay away from people, places and things. I find some things that, you know, I like to do with my life. And and then, you know, I I um. So I stay away from people, places, things. I find, you know, things to do and I get emotional support. Hobbies. I feel like that's a big one. You need something to do. Right. Well, we, we got on Kelly a lot about this in the last but episode. But see, the, the thing is, there's a lot of people go, well, I don't want to go to AA. That's not me. Or mm-hmm. NA, you know, these people. And, and you know, like I said, it's not the end all or be all recovery, but it's a one-stop shop. You can find everything there. Because if you don't do that, then I'm like going to church and being like, hey, I'm I have these problems or you're going to the mall and being like, hi, my name's Larry. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, will you be my friend? <laughs> I can't be around alcohol or yeah. anything. It's real weird to talk about. And that's kind of why the 12 steps works, too, because you're around like everybody's on the same ground. Mm-hmm. So what is it that we were getting on Kelly about? Oh, it was just he, he started talking about. um people coming back you know when they're trying to get sober going back to doing yeah you know the same familiar thing that's what happens and, you know, and that was what we asked fall kelly. back into the same shit yeah, right and, and we asked kelly that we so we, we asked her you seem like every time you get out you get clean for a certain amount of time but you always fall go back, back to time. what's familiar you go back to hanging out with the same people at the same places and you may stay clean for you know years but eventually it always ends up leading to the same place. And we asked her, you know, and, and she had a, a good answer. I thought and she, you know, quickly quoted dad and said, well, what, what did she say? He said, you, you, uh, you put a jackass in a box and ship him out it. to California. What do you have when you open the box? It's still a jackass carrying the same baggage, but yeah. you got to deal with your shit. Is- right. But but it, but it but it does yeah, seem like but you know, easier, if you really, if you're serious there's about, easier ways to deal with your shit though exactly. than then put yourself in you know like if I'm you know like no what my dad was saying was you can't just move away move right far relocation away and your shit is gonna relocation just go away. you know probably doesn't work it might work you know sometimes yeah, but it again works, you still but, have to deal with your shit yeah because yeah. you know like this whole drug addiction thing again is just a symptom of what's really wrong with right. the person which is you know like my problem's larry <laughs> that's so, my problem and, and the symptom of that is my my i've been my saying that for years my problem is no i mean <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been i haven't seen no, you in a long right, time how, a can I, how can i be your problem no. <laughs> so, so going into the whole 12-step program and all that i mean I, and you said that you got sober doing 12 steps but what what have you found to be I guess the most effective form of treatment. Well, yeah, like I said, you know, I, I, you know, I use a lot of cognitive because like what we, we look at, we, we look at behavior patterns, right. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of that is, you know, people, places, things going back. I mean, like, that's the first thing, like, I think I learned in, in Rockford, people, places and things, you know, (laughs) so like the first thing that gets like regurgitated and, and all that. And, you know, that's like big that's real real stuff man you know so the like, shit they were teasing you in that shit place rockford all the those shit years place ago. It turns out there that shit, they actually and, know what they're talking about and the rehabs and you know <sighs> and all that stuff and the brief period of incarceration and all that kind yeah people places and things really you know are important because you you know like i had to like i said i had to totally reinvent myself like i was nothing when i got sober i had nothing i didn't have a personality i didn't know how to talk to people i didn't you know without a drink in you yeah i had no i was scared of people you know like there it it was really 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 a rough rough you know recovery and you know again you know i'm a knucklehead as you guys all know that (laughs) and um i made it hard for myself so like i didn't buy into all the 12 step stuff in the beginning and it just stagnated my recovery. I mean, I got sober, but, you know, I was miserable. 
And then it got to the point, like I, I was just shoving food into my mouth, it got all the way up to about 265 pounds. And, you know, I was obese and, you know, and that, and that's when I was like, yeah, I really have to do something about this too. You know, so I started, you know, working on my recovery. So you, you know. traded in one addiction for another. You just started eating. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, again, you know, I've been pretty blessed because, you know, so I I, I did that. I started getting into, like, like, like research about diet and stuff. And, you know. Is that when I, the Muay Thai started? No, no. This is, like, I guess closer to around four or five years sober you know, I started shit, working. So you've been doing that shit for years now. No, I mean, uh, this is when I started contemplating on my health, like my, oh, okay. like, okay. and then, you know, I was like, I have to do something. And then, you know, when I was started working on my diet, I started saying, you know, you know, I'm pretty freaking crazy <laughs> too, you know, like, like I was still scared of people. I was still like really had this like really like low self-esteem. I didn't think I was worth anything. And and, you know, I was always procrastinating. It was impulsive, you know. So I, you know, I changed that. So I went, you know, and I talked to somebody about the mental health stuff and, you know, eventually got back on like some kind of mental health meds to help me, you know. And and that was the key, man. You know, and after that, Just that's like when leveling was, yourself out. Yeah, like, like that, like really, like like changed everything for me and my perspective on life. And you know, I was already doing stuff. Like I was already in school for about four four years, four or five years. But like that particular point, like I was on the brink of like relapse, which was another thing I wanted to say about you know these people, places, and things because you know you. Like you were saying, like people that have a long, have this pattern, right? Of this, like some recovery and then they go back, right? And, and it's relapse, right? But you, you know, you as a, as a addicted person, you relapse way before you relapse. You know, you relapse when you start like, like giving in to some of these things, these principles that you kind of have to do is like stay away from people. Like you, mentally like, like so you're I leading can, yourself up like, to actual physical. Like I can hang out with you guys, and 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 you guys can drink in front of me, and that's fine, right? Which that, we're doing right now. We are, we such are assholes. assholes. Yeah, but but the thing is, if I like that, right? We and first. I and I start hanging out with you guys every night, you know, because I'm sure you guys don't do do it every no, night. But no. but like I'm saying, if I did that, if I put myself in a situation where I would do that every night. It's just a matter of time right. before, you it's know, a I'm going to fucking time bomb. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like, yeah, you, you know, know what? what? Fuck it. One I, night. I, yeah. Why not? I might be okay. Right. Yeah. I got you know, you. and, and even looking back right now, you know, like if I ever went back to drinking, you know what? I don't know. I might be okay. I think the moral of the story but, is but, you just cannot come on this show too often. <laughs> <laughs> I might be okay if I go back and drink but you know what the amount of like energy it would take for me to try to make you know that manageable isn't worth it right so I, one thing I'm, I'm kind of i don't know picking up from this but i mean i one thing i've been learning recently is uh i guess really about myself because we, we've been talking about it a little bit on previous episodes how i've been on this kick recently of just since i've had bariatric surgery i've been on this real kick of just self-improvement, all these, you know, just trying to read whatever self-help books I can. That's awesome. I got all this a couple for you if you want to. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, I'd absolutely be interested. But I, I one thing I'm Boring. learning. Yeah, but one thing. I same thing. <laughs> but, no, but one thing I'm learning about myself, and I, it seems like it can apply to most people, is when you're trying to make these huge life changes, especially when you're talking about recovery, it doesn't necessarily all have to happen overnight. It's right. about making these incremental changes Absolutely. that you are know. that are actually surmountable in a small period of time. And then you can, once you get past that, you know, you move on to the next thing. Like you start, you know, right. bettering yourself small things at a time. Like, I mean, just little tricks that you can do, just I mean, dumb stuff that you don't think about. But like you were talking about, you know, you're, a lot of the cognitive part of, um, rehabilitation. David using two big words in one sentence: cognitive and somatic. I actually is exhausted. Yeah, I, I'm sweating. I looked those up before the show started. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but no, you're you're right. Recovery isn't isn't just from point A to point B, you know. And and you know what? And that's and that's the stigma with 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 you know addiction too, because there's a lot of stigma that's involved. Because everybody expects somebody to be like, okay, you stop. You said you were going to stop. Now everything's going to be good. Right. It's a you, fucking battle. No, man. it's a it's a long battle. Yeah. And you know what? And there's ups and downs. And you know, relapse has certainly been like a huge part of my story because, like, this isn't the first time I ever tried to get sober. You know, I tried to get sober plenty of times. But I this knew. is your longest stint, correct? Right. Yeah. And and you know what? Like, I didn't want to like i said i didn't want to listen to some of these principles or do i didn't want i didn't the only thing i wanted to change was the fact that you know that i didn't use you know like that's the only thing i wanted to change i didn't realize i had to change a whole bunch of other things oh, yeah life, i mean that comes know? with it right which was a better because you know i got to change my friends and now i have great friends you know like i have people that really care about me and i didn't you know back then and you know like like it changed like every dimension of my life so you know it's Probably hard what you needed I mean. so yeah but see but like there's a lot of stigma so you know even with the attic it's like okay well maybe you know like at one point in time i said well maybe i'm just that guy that's gonna die you know that i'm gonna you just die been. alcoholic you know you could have been you know and at the if end you accepted that and bullshit. at the end you know i was like waiting to like you know at the end i was you know i was living in 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 the hood in in Squalor. in 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 wilmington you know walking around you know the the streets like acting like like i like own the block you know <laughs> and these, these guys like they you know and i always talk to people about like ghetto angels man like i had some ghetto angels or something man <laughs> because you know people were like leave him alone don't mess that's with him. the crazy fucking yeah drunk. yeah don't leave that's crazy larry just leave him alone <laughs> and you know and and you know like i really should i should be dead you know i got a gun pulled to my head one time and i i turned around and i and i said to, i said pull the trigger mm. and the guy was like you're crazy and he ran away mm. it's pretty fucked up yeah i mean i did i was dead serious and i meant it too i really meant sure it Sure, he did you know, like that's, you know, and that's where I'd my, probably say that was one of your darkest fucking points. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 up there with there. You know, when when was it that you lived in Wilmington? Was this? Oh, from 2002 ish to 2009. So about Ooh. seven years. Good. You know, Man, I it, lived on I lived on uh, I lived right on what seventh and west so you know you know so, where that so, is yeah. so not, all, not only I lived are on you north side i live yeah. right on i lived right on um concord ave you know so, so not only are you lucky that... by the ho-ho mart no, <laughs> i got geez, a lot i got a lot sure. i got a lot of street in me still you know <laughs> you know i lived in a boarding house right with with a guy who was when um, he says boarding house he's talking about a house that was boarded up <laughs> i didn't do i didn't get to you know just for singular nights i wasn't i did I, I you know what i you know i've been really lucky as far as like homelessness i always had a like a couch to sleep on or mm -hmm. a bando to curl up in and bando, <laughs> bando. we, we talked we touched on wilmington a little bit in previous episodes because but, but hopefully anyway, people outside of delaware listen to this i mean i'm hoping but, this reaches far places but i don't think people realize but it, it taught me it's well, all we can explain tell you to why. Them very it taught, me, it taught me a lot is. about culture too it taught me a lot about you know inequality and, mm -hmm. and sure. you know like it really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of, of cultural differences too man and you know that that changed my life too you know so but anyway like I, I was saying like one of my roommates had lived in this like kind of a boarding house where I didn't get to choose my roommate and he was another drunk so it was awesome <laughs> but he was a soul food chef Oh, and I would love that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But so he would get real drunk and he would just teach me how to cook everything. And he's like, yeah, you, you stir it. Yeah, to stir it. But I learned, I know how to make all that stuff. Like I had pig's feet and like uh, collard greens. Collard greens are the shit, shit man. Ooh. Collard greens and hot sauce. Man. I haven't yeah. had, the best. I've never had collard greens until like a year ago, till a good friend's of mine I work with. His wife made me something like, You're like this, this shit is, is fucking amazing. Like, this, this is so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> They're white. They're white. Yeah. 
just well, this, this is the most delicious. Yeah, it's funny because like I got locked up, right? I got locked up <laughs> when I was like 15, and I was put in Bridge House, you know, when it was in Brown when it was Brown Town, and um. And I remember, like, get served, and it was like they served powered greens. Hold on, Brown Town is not called Brown Town anymore. No, it's still Brown Town. No, he's saying when Bridge House was, was in, in Brown, Brown Town. Oh, okay, sorry. And now and, I think it's and I remember tasting further now, right? I remember tasting collard greens. I never had them before. And I was like, wow, these are delicious. What are these called? <laughs> well, that's what I was but saying. So, was, you're, you're lucky to survive your addiction, but you're also lucky to survive Wilmington walking around the block like you owned the yeah, place. Yeah, right. right? White, white no. boy walking around Wilmington I mean, like, like he's the man. Like one, like really, like one of my really good friends, he was uh, like a stick-up guy, man. And he's killed people before i know oh, he shit. has man and you know he used to come over and and he and his thing was was like he robbed drug dealers mm. and he was a guy and he was the guy that would rob drug dealers so he didn't much care about and, robbing drunk and, and, and yeah drug no, he just liked i don't know he just liked me i don't know what it was man he used to give me free drugs and you were like, crazy larry you yeah were crazy i guess so larry. i don't know but crazy larry you know, and the vigilante look if you if you can take a life you're a crazy fuck too. Yeah, so I don't you're, know you're, you're fucking seen, damaged too. I haven't seen him in a long time, man. You know, I, I think I saw it's him. Probably a good thing. He's I, in prison. Yeah, or dead. Or dead. Yeah, he probably got, he dead. got stuck up. Yeah, probably dead. He used to wear like the vestuses. He's like had to put my vestuses on, <laughs> <laughs> like bulletproof vest and shit. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, he's well, for Wilmington, real, dude. For that real. makes sense. Wilmington's for no real, joke for these real. days. No, it's it's and the crazy thing is, it's it's and that was and that was and that was like about. At the height of the... Yeah, that was about 10 years ago. Oh. It's bad now. Like I, Really not, bad. See, I actually think it's gotten a little better. Well, Where are you, you talking about? That's what I'm a saying. Little bit, well, a little bit better since like three or four years ago. Because three no. or four years ago is when it was the murder capital of the world. Was, we well, anyway, anyway. Or the country, anyway. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, it was just my little fun war stories that, that are kind of cool. but. Hmm. That's oh, a man, good that's part. That's the shit we want to hear. We want to hear a these good, That stories. was a good part of my addiction. I made, <laughs> I made good friends. I made good friends. I made you uh, made helpful, interesting, a helpful friend, shady friends. A helpful friend that took care of me. That's <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> Got you through Wilmington for a couple of years. Yeah, I want to call them good friends. But yeah, so it was definitely an experience to like, cause like, you know what? And then the, I'm so naive too. Like, cause I thought like everybody, like every white guy thinks that they're a little bit gangster, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever. Like I know what's, you know, I know I the streets. I have never thought that. You, but you, okay. I, I, I guess, I guess you never really thought, but I'm sure if we well, threw you in the middle of the I don't mix, think he understands think, what you mean. It's a mentality. He's also the one that went up to dude, you want a piece of this rock? <laughs> that was his gangster moment. <laughs> right. But I, and, in, a, in a white ghetto neighborhood. Yes. Okay. I was gangster, but <laughs> right. Cause you know the RP was a little hood, man. But, a little, yeah. But um, you know, like I was so naive, like because like most of the like gangster shit that that I heard about was like on rap music, you know. And then I got to see the real hustle, and Loving I was it. they were tearing me up in the beginning. I was getting <laughs> beat left and right, and you know scam artists, and you know. Uh -huh. So I got really good at being a street person too. Mm -hmm. So I got I learned a lot of like manipulation and. Yeah, you learn real quick how to take care of yourself. Yeah, man. Which well, which isn't necessarily a bad because uh, it's harder for guys because girls, you know, they you know they have that they, yeah they have that thing that everybody wants. I don't have anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's well, some, some guys that might want that. No. Yeah, maybe some some. <laughs> and it all depends how long you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, I know you still got some questions on your list. I mean, we're coming up on you know, hour yeah, we're coming here. up on well, an hour. Um, we got about 10 minutes left. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, you'll definitely be on for another episode. Yeah, so I guess a couple things I had. You touched on a little bit, um, and we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, was uh, codependency. Oh, yeah, right, right. One of the things I had, let me, I, I know I've seen it personally with other people in our lives, how how much problem, how many problems that can cause when you, when people tend to cling to people especially during recovery right um, and you know the thing the funny thing about uh 
codependency is we're talking about the other party, but the party that's helping is also sick, <laughs> you know, which so is the, why they tell so, you in recovery not to make friends. So they're both. Yeah. So the both parties are sick. So the one person, so you take the role, right? So one person is a sick individual and the other person is the helper, right? So the, the helper sees the, the sick person getting well, and what do they do? They don't have that role anymore. So what do they do? They make the person sick again. Mm. <laughs> so that's how like kind of codependency works in addiction, you know? Because now that, that this person is getting better, you know, a person that's codependent has all these, like, insecurities, too. You know, like, oh, now I'm not good enough for this person. Right. And, you know, I don't have this role they anymore. They have surpassed me. Yeah, right? right. And now it's like I'm going to keep this person sick then. Yeah, and I've been hearing, been hearing a lot, like, from the recovering addict side, too, a big part of their problem with codependency is they'll, they'll start obsessing on this, whoever that person is that they've clung to most recently, they'll start obsessing over their problems and start taking on their problems and feel like they've got to fix all of their problems almost. And which, and, and, which hinders you from taking care of your own shit from facing your own shit. We, we've seen Kelly go through yeah, that multiple absolutely. times where she'll find a, you know, a person that she clings on to in her recovery and, and just take on their problems. And Instead of her own shit. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just avoidance. It's <clears throat> classic avoidance. That's yeah. all. You know, you're avoiding your own stuff and you find somebody that's sicker than you. And then it's, that's, I mean, that, you that is true, though. When you're I'm in not rehab, sick anymore, right? <laughs> when you're in rehab, they do tell you not to make friends. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right, rehab, right. 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 As you know, I used to work in uh, <clears throat> as a counselor in, in the detoxification. So I was like right on ground floor. People day one coming in sick right. people and, you know, everybody's meeting their future wife there <laughs> and they're like getting <laughs> each other's numbers before you're leaving. I'm like, that's such a bad idea, man. Throw that out. In the We've trash. seen that. We've Throw seen that. that Christy has... don't, don't ever don't ever, ever, ever do that. Don't. You, Talk ever. to that person ever again, right? Yeah, no, because look, you know we've what? seen that firsthand many times. You know, because then sisters. you you also got these like you know these guys these retreads that come in there and they think they know everything about recovery too. They just relapse. I had this time I had except nine months. You yeah, know, except they're in fucking rehab. <laughs> yeah, again. but they're in rehab too. It's yeah. like shut up. You don't know anything about recovery, right? And know? there can be a lot of people that are kind of predatory in those situations. Absolutely, too. absolutely, man. That, that's fucking if sick, I, dude. You know, man. That's, that's no really why fucked I, up. Yeah, but no one why I know now. Now I'd be really super sick, you know, because <laughs> I know, you know, yeah. really like there's, yeah, it's, it's a shame. You know, there is a lot, there's a lot of predatory stuff that goes on in the 12 step rooms. Believe me, mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys waiting for them fresh, fresh young girls to come in and try to help Who them are out. vulnerable and, as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like even 12 step rooms could be kind of, they're sick. They're sick. They can be sick nah, too. There's fucking sick shit everywhere. You know, which I which I would say is if you want to get sober and you want to go into 12-step and you're going to use that as a thing, go to gender, you know, go to gender-specific meetings. So if you're a man, go to a man's meeting. If you're a woman, because you don't need to be thinking about anything else but getting Recovery. sober. Right, right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? that's good advice. Yeah, absolutely, it's absolutely. yeah. Because, you know, you, that's all people are doing. It's like a meat market in there sometimes. I had somebody. <laughs> it is, I'll I, tell you. All right, let's go grab a drink. Yeah, I, right, you could. How much credence do you, and look, this was an addict telling me this years ago. And my only response to it was, but it's healthier. And what he said was, he's like, fuck it, dude. He's like, recovery is just another addiction. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And he's like, and I'm, I, but my thought was. And especially the you, voice you just did it in. What, he's probably the biggest tool ever. <laughs> I might tell you later who I think it was. I, I don't remember specifically. We're talking All like 15 right. years ago. Good. Um, but it, I mean. You know, the thought is, you know, people recovery, people give up one addiction for another addiction. Recovery is an addiction, absolutely, man, because you know what? I'm addicted to one feeling... One that you hope I, you I, fucking get addicted I, to. I, I feel... Well, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm addicted to, like, feeling good. I'm addicted to getting better every day. I'm addicted right. to so being a nice one person. you want to get to, addicted to. You know, because the one thing that's different, you know, between me and the guy I used to be is that I'm authentic. I am who I say I am. 
I do the things that and I say I'm at. And you be a huge dick. Right, and I was, and I lied about stuff, and I exaggerated about stuff, and, you know, like, I don't have that. Like, that I explains do. your friendship with my brother. Well, <laughs> your brother was a little bit better than that at me, <laughs> than me, man. But, you know, but... You know, because I did some of the stuff I said I did. But <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Um, oh, but, man. but, nah, but for real, though. But that's what, that's what, there's that I'm authentic, I'm an authentic person. And, like, really, like, if you would, you know, like, you people could drop, like, drag up my past and I'd be like, you know, that's just. That's what we were trying to do today. That, that's, that's just not me anymore though. Like, cause really, like I swear I wake up and I'm like, sometimes I just pinch myself about how great my life is. And, and you know, that person that I used to be is so foreign to me right now. Come a long it's, fucking way, man. Yeah. It's like weird. It's real weird. It's awesome. It's good it's to see, man. Absolutely. It it's a great transformation. Yeah. And you know, and we haven't even talked about, you know, so like when Christy was coming up and Christy was getting next clean, episode. Yeah, she, yeah, don't even she, start because we got two minutes left. Don't I, even start I know, but I'm just saying that she, you know, you know, I was happy to be part of her getting well too. Because I don't she, think I knew that. I, I actually, yeah. it's funny because I, I, a lot of what you're, what you're about to say, I have questions on. So I'm wondering. And when he says yeah. Christy, Christy is our other sister who has not been on the show yet. Yet. All right, so we're we're at an hour now. Wrap it up. Do you well? Do you want to wrap this up and do you want to shoot another episode? Yep. Larry, you got time to do another Absolutely. hour? Absolutely. This is was fun. All right. And awesome. Well, then. God damn it. I'm going to need more whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <for that. laughs> Son of a bitch. I'll have some more water. <laughs> we man. got that Good too. Answer. Now, I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring some Pellegrino next time. Beautiful. Word. Or you can get it for me. Sounds fancy. <laughs> this has been my payment. Unclean and mostly sober. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Check out the next episode with Larry as well. Ooh. I think we got some.